going everyone welcome to another episode of hope <laughs> dang it i already scared it up all right hope Take stone two. we're the optimistic podcast i also hit my teeth at the beginning <laughs> how's it going everyone welcome to another episode of soapstone my name is jake and i'm joined by my co-host as always dave how's it going tonight dave it's going good that's good having a good relaxing saturday yeah sometimes you gotta how about you <laughs> you know you say knowing that like a decent portion of our Saturdays have so far intersected. I like woke up, hang out with or hung out with uh, Landon and Dave, got some lunch, and then took a nap, and then woke up and I'm now recording the podcast. And that's been my day. <laughs> I was like, Jake, we should record at your place. He's like, Yeah, yeah, come over. Mm-hmm. And then we never got around to it. And then I went back home. He's like, Can you do it now? I'm like, Oh my god, <laughs> right. this guy. Revisionist history. Um. Yeah, I went into uh, over lunch, I think a pretty detailed explanation of why I prefer the recording to happen in isolation from each other because it gives you more control over the channels. Uh, But it wasn't always the case there. I'm pretty sure at one point, actually, no, I know in the early years, which I can say now that we've been going for literally years, um, we just had like a Blue Yeti set up for like bi-directional input. (laughs) We were just talking into the same microphone. Yeah, it's just uh, I had the one side, which is, is convenient because Jake actually had a marked on the microphone which side was mine. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. color coded pretty much. Yeah. And I would just channel my voice energy into that side and then he'd channel his voice energy into the other side. Right. I mean, the rest is science, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I assume the science has to pick up after voice energy because voice energy definitely seems seems like a, a mystical term or something like that. No one really knows how podcasts work. I don't know how Zencaster makes money. So I, I don't but know how my, that's a My is to go to and say advertising, but yeah. there isn't any. Not that I can say. So the other Ex- option is selling our data. Yeah, I hope that I hope that's what they're doing. Because they got to get my around. podcast out there, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all our data. Um, but yeah, it's we we've definitely also done the recording in person, and that's it can work if you have like decent uh, isolation. Once we switched to condenser mics, that was also really big because it cut down on some like the the cross noise. Um, but there was a reason that when people think about like professional podcasts, it's in a recording studio and there's a big like plexiglass wall up so they can see each other and they're wearing headphones so they can hear each other, but their recording's done separately. 
Um, it's just, as it turns out, that's quite expensive. Yeah, I don't want to go to that length. Hmm. Um, I predict that we will still do this for a while remotely. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you'll probably be like, hey, come over. I want to test out in person. Mm-hmm. And then based on how that goes, I might be over again or I might never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like... Um... You'll, you'll come by to see whatever setup I have, and it actually is not a see-through wall. It's a completely opaque sound-blocking wall. <laughs> and then we'll just try to run it that way. Follow my voice. I put in a isolation chamber. Yeah, Sep- pretty much. Sorry, sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still just, you, you get the headphones, that's it. It's just my voice and darkness. Those are the two things. That's all I need. (laughs) (laughs) Sunflowers are like, I need sunlight and probably some air. That is fair. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Obviously, your move uh, has been completed. How did uh, how did that go for you? I mean, it went so well compared to other moves (laughs) over the years. Like it was, it was very smooth and quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really lift shit, which probably helped my opinion of it a bit, because my back was. I mean, it's never been great, but just now, like we don't do stuff. <laughs> we don't do that here. We don't do. <laughs> so yeah, everything got moved in uh, and up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Dropped off the truck. Some some people were helping like unload stuff, and I was like, oh cool. And then I spent. I think like a good 20 minutes being like, all right, who hid, who hid the silverware? Right. I couldn't find it anywhere. None of the drawers, Mm. none of the boxes. I'm like, okay, somebody, somebody hid something. And then I was talking to Rachel and she's like, yeah, they probably like hit it as like a, a challenge to make it see if you can find the layout of your place. Okay. And then I was just like, yeah, that'd be funny. And then a couple of moments later, I'm remembering like context clues. Like I was talking to Justin and I heard the dishwasher. I'm like the dishwasher. And then I found a hole, like the whole thing's full of dishes and silverware. So (laughs) it wasn't a prank. I'm just forgetful. So was it, were the dishes and dishwasher clean or sorry, dishes and silverware clean? Yeah. So everything was like put in and ran. It did a cycle. Um, Okay. And I knew that they were there, but then forgot Ah, okay, gotcha. And I only recently unloaded everything. Gotcha. I was going to say, we didn't do that when we moved. We didn't take all of our like, silverware and dishes and like, all right, wash it one more time for good measure. We are just like, great, putting this in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do like a case-by-case basis, uh, do like a little assessment with my eyes. Mm-hmm. Does it look gross? Ocular pat-down. Exactly. Occasionally, you got to do like a smell check, too. Mm-hmm. If your ocular pat down doesn't quite pass, you're like, well, let me just smell if it smells weird. Yeah, works for dishes, works for clothes, pretty much anything in life. So, <laughs> job interviews, you're not sure. Yeah, if the candidate's that's, that's the why one it's you want. The eyebrows, job interviews. If they <laughs> ocular smell, pat down. if they smell weird, mm, yeah, they're still a little bit sound. sus. Lean over, smell their suit. Ask yeah, the louder the sniff is, the more comfortable they typically feel. Yeah, uh-huh. so. Do that early doors. <laughs> People are basically animals, so it uh, it works. I mean, you and me, baby. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing but mammals. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. Right. Um. 
It's been a long time since I've seen the Discovery Channel, though. I don't know what they do anymore. Shark Week, I assume? I don't know. I think they sued our company once many years back. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, do remember, <laughs> I do remember that. Um, but speaking of suing our company, uh, Death Stranding. Man, the segues are so fucking good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unstoppable. So <laughs> It's an acquired skill. <laughs> I know at least off podcast, we've definitely talked about it a bit over the years. Um, for like following Kojima Productions, me getting my headset in the plates. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, which I don't even have anymore. Um, you should still tell people that story, I think, because that's a good one. You can you okay. can follow, you can complete your summary if you want, but we should come back to that. But we, we've followed Death Stranding a good bit. But when it came out, I was the one who picked it up, checked it out immediately on PS4, mm-hmm. um, played through a good portion of it, and then kind of just fell off and stopped. And I think you were waiting to check it out. Yeah, I um, wanted either a price drop or PC release. It wasn't it wasn't immediately on the books for me. Um, like we can talk about some of the critical reception at launch, but I was definitely in the I was on the fence. Um, it wasn't like, hey, this is gameplay that's going to be really reminiscent of MGS five. It was definitely not Revengeance. So those were the two Metal Gear series games I had played. Um, and I wasn't sure what Death Stranding was really doing. <laughs> hey, fair. Nobody was. Like, it was very much teaser, almost like Sekiro level teaser. Uh, and then when they released more cinematic trailers, you're like, okay, it's coloring the universe a little bit. Don't know what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on. And then when they had a gameplay trailer, it seemed very delivering amazon packages yeah and that's kind of what the meme was and that was really it the I'm funny pause thing is, there and yes. circle back to the story, the story. Me tell, yeah. i will never come back to it otherwise so initially uh jake likes finding cool shit and i'll occasionally copy him on purchases uh so he found uh this set of headphones called v moda v moda yeah. crossfade oh, and yeah. they looked really cool their marketing was cool uh, they were definitely a little bit pricey, um, but one of the things that sold me is they had custom face plates. Jake, if you want to tilt your head for the audience, yeah, there ah, you go. look at you that. You can see that. You can see on the side. So basically, it's a hexagonal type shape that covers uh, the headset uh, for the earmuffs, uh, but you can design it to whatever you want. You can make it custom, mm-hmm. so you can like and send made a metal. logo, and they yeah, they're fucking made of metal, which is yeah, badass. Um, so Jake got one and I got one and I was like, what should I get for mine? What should I get? And then I looked at the Kojima Productions logo, which is like a cool astronaut face with like a skull. It's mm-hmm. done a, like a side profile. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. So I sent it in and they're like, yeah, we can do that. And then the guy said, oh, are you looking forward to Death Stranding? Hey, me too. Now, mm-hmm. like this is like some guy who just works in that department. Yeah, but he's he, just he understood. Him. He understood from like what I was sending in why, what, what it was for. So it was cool to have that moment with a complete stranger via email. Yeah, they do a lot of vetting to make sure it's not like, hey, did you just, is this just the Nintendo logo? Because, like, you're trying to get our company shut down, you know, right? Like, um, I think I I had, like, Deus Est Machina, like, uh, God is the Machine was mine, with the the 40K uh, Adeptus Mechanicus skull. 
that was my uh, my faceplate. I feel still freaking love it. It's a little bit edgier than I think I want to be 100% of the time, but it's exactly as true. edge. It's, it's exactly as edgy as I want to be. You cannot exceed how edgy you want to be. Ninety percent of the time, <laughs> so <laughs> it's still pretty good. But yeah, I I, I did really like that. Um, it's kind of funny because they're they're pretty old at this point. I think like what twenty sixteen been like six years. I think around that. Yeah, um, I'm going so to kinda... agree and not fact check that because that would take time. That's fair, yeah. And we have other things to cover, but um, Death Stranding was also one that you know I waited on, even when it came out for PC. I can't remember if I picked it up or if someone else bought it for me. Um, I think I picked it up, but um, it wasn't you know at the PC available launch. I was still playing other games. Um, and once I actually bought it, I didn't immediately go around to playing it. Until we uh, approached the episode, I finally finally gave it a fair shake. And, and a fair shake he gave it indeed. He has been playing it for like the past week or so. Um, I was going to say, yeah. I haven't even seen Jake outside, but like I actually did see Jake outside today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually more often than we would have seen each other previously. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah... Um, I know I recommended it many years ago and it definitely had some weird reception at launch. What, what was your bias going in? And then at least yeah. the top level before we delve in, what would have been your thoughts? Sure. Before. So, like I said, like my, my bias, some of the reason I maybe held off a little bit on the game was because of the critical reception at launch. And some of that is like, we both watch Donkey. Obviously, I think there's a race in the Discord to be the first person to post one of his videos whenever that happens. Um, and uh, I don't agree with him on everything, but he usually makes people think about the games that he's talking about. And Death Stranding was one of those. He's like railing against the game for so much of the review. And then he gets to the end and he's like, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, And... I guess the the thing I was uncertain about was the people who seemed enthusiastic about the game were mentioning things that I couldn't easily quantify into. Yeah, but I would play a game because of that. If that makes any sense, someone would be like, it's a very calming experience, you know, transporting yeah. all these packages and it's a very Zen type thing. And I'm like, I've got like, only so many hours after work to like play games and there's all these other things I could be doing what's going to make me jump into a solo solitary experience that is meant to take my time as opposed to a more concentrated multiplayer experience or something I could you know comfortably be in discord for um and I'd never really got an answer to that and that's probably why it took me forever it's fair it's not it's not a good hook on its own mm-hmm. but like as somebody who is trying to kind of i guess sell the game in a degree of like hey here's why i'm enjoying playing it it kind of comes down to what experience you're having with it mm-hmm. but it's not like at any point i'd be like this part of the gameplay is awesome i hope they have this in future games or mm-hmm. i had such a memorable experience doing x that i could share and that would like maybe spoil something. And it definitely wouldn't be like the story is so good and engaging and here's why I like it. Uh-huh. It's very much 
Kojima stuff in general is very the world is cool and interesting. It's it's enigmatic, I think is the way to put yes, it. Yes, that's a good word for it. You're like, ooh, I'm intrigued by all this mystery and cool design. Um, and then I feel a lot of people assume, rightly or wrongly, that a lot of what's in the world building or like the dialogue is meant to have a deeper message. Now, to be uh, fair, in his games, I think he does try and angle it that way. But sometimes it's, it's a little heavy-handed or sometimes it's like what and if you look back at something like last of us 2 mm-hmm. it's like you that we got we got that revenge is bad yes uh, we got that very early on and then you just kept beating it with a fucking stick mm-hmm. and kept having the game go on um where i feel like Ko- kojima's approach is usually a little more nebulous and like why would i assume that that means that or how does that actually connect to the story? Mm-hmm. Now I'm just rambling about his storytelling. Um, yeah, I mean it's fair. Like this is this is Kojima unfettered, right? Like this is his first Kojima Productions game. This is without any of the oversight of Konami, um, which PS or, fuck Konami. Yeah, uh, uh, the obligatory. Um, and like I've actually. I've been consuming some other media for like other games or like reading up on like star citizen and games like that. And like constraints can actually be incredibly helpful um, for producing a game, right? Like death stranding was a long time coming. And so far I I haven't, haven't beaten the game. Um, I think I'm about midway through because one of the people said we're halfway there (laughs) in dialogue, (laughs) but I don't know if that is accurate or not. Um, right um but uh like for mgs5 absolutely it's a super ambitious game um the constraints got put on it too aggressively like they're hey we have to absolutely ship and so we never got like chapter three i think it was um or really like the tail end of the game and so it sort of kind of falls apart toward the end it doesn't really mean anything or try to tell you anything towards the end um and I'm glad that didn't happen with Death Stranding. Um, or so so far, it hasn't seemed to happen. I don't think the story just stops. I don't think it just like falls off a cliff. I hope not. Um, but he's had so much creative freedom to just like no one's reining him in. If he like just loses his mind on psychedelics, all of that makes it into the game. That's the impression I've gotten so far, at least while playing. Um, and it's a trip. <laughs> it's a it's a fun trip at least even if things are very convoluted yeah a lot made up in the universe as far as like bts and all the rules of like well this is time fall rain it's gonna destroy your packages because it's rain and mm-hmm. we could have said like oh they're cardboard packages i would have been like yeah. that makes sense cardboard gets destroyed by water as we all know from the classic rock paper scissors Right, um, but water <laughs> being the, being the the fourth one there, <laughs> and cardboard um, weirdly, which is not paper technically. But yeah, it's uh like gameplay wise, pers- like presentation wise, um, it's a hundred percent Kojima. I was actually even getting like with the menus and some of the stuff. I was like, this feels kind of like the menus in MGS, that sort of like holographic. Even like, some of like up. the sound clips of moving around in the menus and the UI, you're like, ah, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I started off a lot more cynical about the game, I think. And part of that was because like it has a it has a long open. <laughs> it's like we gotta we gotta lay some groundwork for you. And I'm like, okay, and just, you know, put down the controller or in this case, the keyboard. Um because I was just playing keyboard and mouse, which uh, to their credit, uh, the controls are like really solid for keyboard and mouse. Really? Uh, it worked nice. fine, yeah. Um, the only thing that's a little bit weird is if you're carrying packages in your hands, I think that on controller, I assume you have to hold the triggers to hold the packages. And in, on the mouse, it's like hold left click and right click to hold something in your left and right hand. And that's a little weird. That's a little not intuitive for a mouse. Um, I mean, I assume it's probably that's what it translates to in the controller. I don't really remember doing that too much. Yeah, but why would you? you need it does feel like there is a lot of management, even on yourself, as far as carrying those packages. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like the dispersion of weight, or just trying to hold on to everything so you don't like trip and fall on a rock and then lose everything or get all your packages yeah. damaged, have to pick them all up again. So that I was feel like trying things. to utilize a lot of at least the controller. So probably in the keyboard scheme as well, mm-hmm. or mouse. Yeah, they didn't overcomplicate it too much. Um, it seemed pretty intuitive, which is honestly props because a lot of games that come out for consoles first and then have a delayed release, then come out to PC, um, they struggle on it. Dark Souls struggled on it for like forever, and they had simultaneous releases. So <laughs> you know, uh, props props to them here. Um, if you're not sure what to play it on, I recommend PC. Works fine. I don't know if all the... I keep seeing like... Okay, this is bleeding into my next point. I don't want to jump ahead too fast. <laughs> but like... Um, uh, there's a whole lot of Half-Life res- references in the PC version. Like, go pick up this companion cube and bring it back to the base. Half-Life references. Or like, hey... We sure keep using that half-life symbol. I realize it's a Greek symbol. I can't remember. Lambda? I think it's Lambda. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Lambda. Anyways. I think so. But I also don't remember my... I remember the Greek Omega. That's like the easiest one for me to remember. Mm-hmm. It's cool it is shape. Lambda. Okay. I had to check it. <laughs> but yeah, like the people send you messages, emails, things like that with like the lam- Lambda symbol. And they literally are like, hey, I heard you're like a Half-Life fan and all this stuff. And you can get like Gordon Freeman's glasses. And I don't like that, actually. <laughs> like it's ruining the in-world immersion. Yeah, verisimilitude is the word I keep using coming back to. But basically, are you making your universe believable um, within itself? And the game kind of doesn't care about that. No, not not really at all. I want to say it's not consistent because I've not had like the most recent experience with it. But it does seem to very much, as far as the storytelling and the world, kind of jump around. Mm hmm. And like you learn things by like, oh, hey, we'll tell you like Johnny on the spot. Hey, is this thing about to happen? Let me explain this to you before it happens. Oh, it happened. We just justified why it's going to happen. You're yeah. oh, okay. That type of thing. I think the the opening sequence is indicative of that. Mm-hmm. But they do do it for other things as well. Yeah. There's like a, an NPC you're talking to near the beginning and you're like driving on a truck to 
incinerate a body before it causes what's called a void out, which is like essentially a, I guess it's like a nuclear explosion based off what they show up like on the map. Um, but basically a person dying and then being left there until they like necros or whatever uh, is a terrible thing in this universe. So much so that like killing people is really, really bad, <laughs> like really, really, really bad. Um, and the guy is just straight up telling you like all of the exposition about the world and the beaches and the BTs and the BBs and like all of these other, like these are just acronyms, right? <laughs> um, but I was kind of bothered by it at the time because I was like, I, there's gotta be a better way to inform me about what these are in a less condensed sort of like, Hey, you're in the tutorial way, but I don't know. I mean, there always is like ways to do that over time, but I think it comes down to the assumption of, is your character in universe? Do they know about this stuff or are they just finding out about this stuff? Right. If they're just finding out about it, it's a lot easier to be like, Oh, Hey, you don't know how the world works. Parentheses, new player. Here's how it works. Let me explain some things to you. Yeah. Oh, you've been like in a vault for the past 300 years. Let me clue you in on some shit. Mm-hmm. That's an easier way to do it because you have the justification in game versus what you assume is pre-existing. And this person, the character you play as has been a part of this world for a very long time mm-hmm. and has had an involved role. And then it's like, did you know that like chocolate bars sometimes contain nuts? You're like, get the fuck <laughs> out. <laughs> what? Like, no, <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that. Or yeah. doing it maybe through dialogue or audio logs. Yeah, I think like the, the jam packed in the beginning. Because correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you're at a point, at least in the game, where you've encountered some enemies, mm-hmm. some human enemies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're talking Have about the you... mules. Yes. Yeah. Have you used any lethal weapons on them? So only if you consider a vehicle, a lethal weapon, but I did kill one of them by running him over after he was unconscious on the ground. Cause I forgot the game I was playing. <laughs> do, do they actually die? Yes. Does it cause a void out? It not immediately. It forces you to dispose of the body. You have to take it to oh, an incinerator. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's been so long since I've killed somebody in game. Cause I don't remember that being, a prominent feature so maybe i just encountered it once early and then never again basically everything in the game is telling you not to do it they keep giving you non-lethal weapons so just to give a little background the mm-hmm. mules are just like basically bandits essentially they're people in the world who there's a bunch of people who run around delivering packages that's just the way it is you're gonna have to accept that <laughs> i'm not gonna um, explain all like the the lore of the world because it doesn't make sense it just uh, oh, happened this is it they're called porters and pretty much everybody lives in like a fallout shelter to some degree or another and they're all over the place um and porters are the people running packages and necessary supplies around these guys lose their mind and they're like hey we're now ever to a man every single one of them is obsessed with packages if you're running around and you don't have any packages with you they actually don't care they'll leave you alone um But if you have any packages on you, they'll run at you with like electro prods, try to like knock the packages off your back and knock you out, steal your stuff and then drag you away from the camp. Are Um, you familiar with sand raiders? Anywho, it's yes, they're very much like Tusken Raiders. Sorry, Tusken Um, Raiders. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, Sand Raiders. I mean, they're in like correct. a sand planet as well. Yeah, Tatooine. But, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so the game's like, hey, don't kill them. Uh, you have like hand-to-hand combat. Maybe you could swing a package at them, although the package will probably break on contact. I do that a lot of times because they have their own packages and I don't care about their belongings, so I'll just pick them up and start knocking them out. <laughs> um, but if they're unconscious on the ground and you run them over, you probably shouldn't do that because it could kill them. And that's what happened to me. And uh, Die Hardman, which is a person we should probably come back to, to calls me on radio and is like sam there's a body near you uh it's like of utmost priority that we dispose of it before it causes a void out it's like uh this is one of your responsibilities and doubly so if you were involved (laughs) and i'm like yeah yeah this one's on me (laughs) so had to go uh take a side side path off to the middle of nowhere to dispose of it Hey, Sam, just call and check and see how it's going. Hey, Sam, unrelated. I don't know how it's going, but did you murder somebody? <laughs> yeah, it's literally that. Um, as far but... as the moment to moment gameplay, mm-hmm. at least early on, like you're like you said, you're carrying packages. Um, and like one of the challenges there is weight distribution, how fast you can move mm-hmm. carrying a bunch of shit. Um as you progress, some things make it a little bit easier. But as far as traversal, you'll come in contact with ladders, some of mm. which might be existing. You might be able to carry a ladder with you to kind of place it to maybe cover a gap of some water that you wouldn't really be able to swim through with the packages right. or help you ascend a height. And then they have ropes for descent, a little bit easier on like rockier terrain. So for where you're at in the game Mm -hmm. um, and for moment to moment gameplay, did you like two questions? Do you like the progression Mm -hmm. of how it starts out with like the challenges they put in front of you and the solutions they provide? And then did you actually enjoy the actual gameplay of that portion? Yeah. Um, So I do like the progression, I think. So it follows a pretty, so at least with some exceptions, it kind of stand follows the standard gameplay difficulty progression system. Shouldn't surprise me too much. You know, Kojima's been making games forever. Um, but the areas you begin in are like, hey, there's a stream. That's like a mild inconvenience. There you go. That's basically the obstacle. Like otherwise, more or less a straightaway path or you can kind of like run around a mountain range or climb it if you felt like it. But like there's no hard blockers or anything like that. And the tools that you have are rudimentary, but they either solve or greatly assist with like all of those problems. You can mitigate everything really easily. Mm-hmm. So there's like d- difficulty and mitigation are probably the two scales where as you progress through the game, they start to increase the difficulty. Now the places are further away. Now there's larger streams or a big mountain range. Streams and mountain ranges, <laughs> it's kind of just stick around for a long time or like really rocky kind of like volcanic terrain. Um, and you're like, well, ladders and climbing ropes aren't really helping me out as much so much anymore. So they increase the mitigation. They give you more technology, more tools, vehicles, things like that um, to help mitigate that. And I really enjoy that. Um, 
if not for like one caveat that's big, which is this is one of those games where there's an incentive if you're kind of like completionist or you feel like you want to get everything to really max out all of these settlements, like all these structures and, and people deliver a bunch of packages, get everything done in an area you can before you move on. And my gosh, if you go against that instinct and you just push through, your tech is going to get so much better, so much faster. Like, um, we didn't talk about how much we want to spoil here, but I think at least up to the mid mid game point would be fine with me because that's where I'm at. I don't, well, I don't want to spoil for you <laughs> specifically. That's fair. If you're still checking it out. But like not having running around on foot versus having a reverse trike massive difference in gameplay between those two things yeah uh because you can get from point to point b quickly and maybe you encounter some type of obstacle of something trying to kill you Mm -hmm. oh i can drive around that oh i can drive faster than that Mm -hmm. is a really nice option versus it's just me on foot i guess i'll either try and quickly avoid it you know chugging along slowly or be very sneaky and try and meander around it mm-hmm. none of which are always ideal i mean maybe you like the type of gameplay but having those other options unlocked uh, really makes it infinitely easier mm-hmm. i almost wish that instead of just forcing as far as new area new tech it kind of went off of ranking so as you right. are doing these missions it'd be like oh you completed something really quickly oh mm-hmm. the package was in such good quality and you get different points in different areas and increases your overall porter tier. Mm-hmm. So if it could maybe link that to the tech that you get, it would encourage you to be a good person at the game mm-hmm. and then be rewarded for that with better tech to make you a better person at the game. Yeah, I actually, I think I would personally be in, usually I just, I, I'm like, I'm not sure if I know the solution. I think you basically have the solution there. I agree with that approach. Because the approach you're describing incentivizes working more early. And if people are just rushing through the story as fast as they can, and they're not actually delivering packages more than they have to, then their tech's going to fall behind. The game's going to get harder. And eventually, maybe it's just like, hey, you need to like slow down <laughs> and actually help us out before you continue across America. Um, and I yeah. think that would be great. Because um, as it is, there's been... It does feel bad. There's other games that do this as well when you have progression that's tied to the story where if you spend more time in the early game or in the mid game, you're right before a floodgate mechanic where it's like as soon as you unlock this, everything would have been so much easier. And I think like in the past, I talked about Graveyard Keeper. I'm not going to go into details on it, but it's one of the few Steam games I gave a negative review and I put 40 hours into it. And that was the main reason I gave it a negative review. Is because you didn't know if you were up against a floodgate. Should I do more of what I can do right now? Or should I just try to like rush ahead? And rushing ahead is good in both games. But like no game should... It depends. I hate saying it depends, but it always does depend. Mm-hmm. It's a diaper. Yeah. Are you going <laughs> to shit yourself or piss yourself? That's where the pen comes in. 
But like, do you want your player to have the experience of this is kind of a slow, more zen type game where you want them to take their time, appreciate the world and the environment and the characters and like what's going on? Or yeah. do you want them to connect America to Verizon mm-hmm. or Comcast, like whatever the fuck, as fast as possible? And for any Kojima game, like it's not meant to be quick, typically. Mm-hmm. But again, like the tech stuff is huge. And one part we haven't talked about yet is if you're playing this online, similar to Dark Souls, hmm. there's my tie-in. It's the what about structures. <laughs> oh, it's exactly like Elden Ring. Okay, good. Um, okay. <laughs> so like the structures that you make, the ladders that you place, or the ladders that you find are going to be from other people if you find hmm. them. Or somebody could find yours. Like yeah. it does like a very slow sync over time. So if you like relaunch the game the next day, you might see other structures or things are added by other players and you mm-hmm. can give them likes. And then they essentially get those likes as points to like help their Porter score, et cetera. But I remember once I got access to like bridge technology, yeah. Oh, I'll never need to do like a shitty ladder in a, a ho- hopeful place or maybe two ladders together on like a, a trepidatious rock in the middle. I could just mm-hmm. literally bridge the fucking gap and yeah. drive over it now such a huge achievement for like oh am i doing something in this area i'll always use this bridge that i built mm-hmm. but then other people could build bridges to help me out right and they could use my bridge and that for me when it happened in the early game was the moment where it kind of clicked as far as mm-hmm. i'm enjoying what the game seems to be going for as far as the interconnectivity of literally reconnecting the world and we're helping each other out indirectly so in the yeah. same way that I appreciated Dark Souls 3 and Fight Clubs of how people were working together in a way online that it wasn't explicitly spelled out like, hey, do this. There was just an understanding of community. Mm-hmm. I really like that. There's an old term that I haven't thought about in a very long time, um, but it is at its essence, at its very core uh, Care Bear gameplay. Like there is no as far as I've encountered so far, no antagonistic um, multiplayer option you can do to screw somebody over. Um, If someone were to try to grief your world with a construction, there's literally like a hold to disassemble button and the game tells you, hey, this will remove it from your world, but only your world. Like it's still in the multiplayer pool. Um, So people can't really hamper you that way. but they can assist you greatly. And one of the um, one of the mechanics I, I almost completely overlooked until I literally like just Googled it because I was like, I feel like this means something. I was delivering all these packages, you know, not progressing further in the story, but increasing my rank with all of the local settlements and things. And my um, I think it's like system link score kept going up. And it's like, hey, you can make links with these other porters. At this number. All right, you leveled up again. All right, now you can have 15 links, 20 links, 25 links. And I'm like, what are links? <laughs> so that's what I searched. And you can ha- see like a recent uh, interactions list where it's like, hey, these are the people you've basically, uh, your world is shared with theirs. There's stuff showing up in your world to some degree. And here's how many likes they have total. We haven't even talked about likes, but this is Facebook the game. <laughs> you put likes on everything. People like your things. <laughs> um, 
it's the progression system actually <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just it just gives you poorer points basically uh-huh um but you see all the people you see how many likes they have and what you can do is for how many ever available links you can strengthen your bond essentially with all these people and whoever you establish a link with their structures are more likely to show up in your world so what i did is i had like 30 links available or something at the time and i just found everybody who had over 200,000 likes and i was like yep 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 and as a consequence once i got to you know a, a refresh or whatever um there's a bunch of convenient bridges like all over the place and like power generators and like time fall shelters and all of this. And I'm like, this was a good investment. <laughs> Jake spent time just giving people the thumbs up to restart his game and essentially mm-hmm. have the game on an easier mode because <laughs> he didn't have to go and build all that stuff. And it, it is worth saying that, that all that stuff that Jake's talking about, like the bridges timefall shelters power generators they all take resources yes some of mm-hmm. what you get from like leveling up as a porter or checking out settlements you can collect resources from there or you know just physically going out and getting them mm-hmm. and it takes farm, kind of it takes time mm-hmm. it is a time investment to do it so like when i was building a road mm-hmm. it it took a lot of time because i had to build like the road in sections now, mm-hmm. thankfully, this was like laid out as like, here's a path that the road will be on. Uh, but it was really huge for doing uh, deliveries later because I didn't have to worry about like rocks and shit. I'm like, oh, just take this fucking straight way. Yep. And then you go on to 30 and then you go further down. But mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that, like it takes a lot of time. So like you do appreciate when other people are making that. So in the same way, did you actually make stuff for the purpose of like, oh, I hope other people use it? Oh, yeah. Were you I think like... Occasionally, the, the the things I placed that were like purely selfish were literally like my battery just ran out in the wilderness. This is prime territory for a power generator, right? Like, just gonna slap that down. Uh, but I don't know. It this is this I I know this is literally what Kojima is going for. This is this is the best part of the game. Is like when I came back across something that I had placed, and I saw that there was more likes on it. Right. Like you always get one like if someone uses your thing, Mm -hmm. if they like cross a ladder or use a path or something like that. But they can also just like mash the like button. And as you level up, your likes are worth more. I don't know. It's like capitalism or something. Um, And eventually it caps out at like a thousand. So if you're like, this was super great, you can just mash that button rapidly and it'll be the equivalent of like a thousand people taking the path. Um, And yes, I. I did really enjoy when I saw something that was like, hey, other people are using this. This was beneficial to them. It made their gameplay a little bit easier. And you're talking about the roads. I was heavily invested in the roads. Like I as soon as I figured out like how much road building there was to make, I was like, all right, how many resources do I have across the map at all these different settlements? Because I'm taking all of it, all of it into me, put it in a truck, get it in the road. Um, and now every time I log in, I get like thousands of likes just because people have used the roads. Take a note, Penda. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's that that that's the biggest takeaway. More than the gameplay or the story or anything like that. That's the most impactful to me so far. All right, so I'm gonna ignore one of the story for a bit because um, mm-hmm. it's you gotta just check it out to believe it or watch a 30 hour long video. It mm-hmm. it exists. It's interesting. 
Um, it is still very cool, but not worth getting into as far as a, a listening episode. So I want to talk about some of the things that you do not enjoy from the game. And sure. part of that critical feedback that reviewers are giving it, what would make somebody not want to play this game? You shouldn't play this game if you are concerned about wasting your time, <laughs> I guess. Or if that's a, 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 I'll rephrase that to like, if when you're playing a game, you are like, could I be doing this more efficiently? Or like, I don't know. It's the type of game where if you're not worried about, oh crap, I only have one hour left. I want to like make progress. Like you don't really want to play the game under those conditions because it's much better as that old classic when we were kids in the summer and you could play games as much as you want Mm -hmm. at the pace that you want. That's almost like essential because rushing through the game causes you to tech up a lot, but it also completely, I mean, if you're only moving forward, you'll never really get the full impact of people using your constructions and you probably aren't putting the effort into the constructions. A lot of them are more helpful than necessary, right? Like the roads incredibly helpful. Holy crap. It would be so obnoxious to like pedal all that stuff over by foot, but you could like it's doable. Um, so if you're trying to like brute force point A to B through a game, it's not a good game for that. Also, the, if you're rushing through the, the story, it becomes even more confusing, which that's a lot to say, um, mm-hmm. but true. It's very much more of a, a paced game and a, I would argue, doesn't quite respect your time type of game. Oh, absolutely. But I still feel like you can get into it. But yeah, I do think that is worth mentioning that it is very, it is a time-consuming, borderline tedious, I would say, at points game. Yeah, the um, the the difficulty is in time wasting or time cost, right? Like in a different game, difficulty goes up because uh, the enemies do more damage to you, and you don't have enough armor, or you don't have enough health, or whatever, and so that's where you now have to get better or you have to grind or you have to like commit resources and this game the difficulty in quotes is how frustrating or time consuming it is to accomplish a task most of the time there are some actual like boss fights and things like that which i'm sure we'll talk about but dave literally scrunched his face (laughs) so that's the initial impression but like when you're building resources like when you're building things out in the world you are reducing that um, that difficulty and that uh, burden or that um, that mountain. You're basically wearing it down. You're making it more manageable for yourself and other people. And there's going to be a lot of people who are like, that is a lot of time that I'm not, you know, shooting somebody in a hallway. <laughs> so that's a valid take, you know, like that's not a game for everybody. I almost want to make the comparison that you kind of working to slowly like erode the mountain is kind of like erosion on a beach, like the ocean mm-hmm. eroding uh, the coastline a little bit, uh, reforming mm-hmm. the structure of the sand, be flatter or steeper points depending on the tide. Mm-hmm. Cause the beach, the beach, yeah, 
<laughs> that's back to the story though that's where that yeah, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter um i don't know um, though i i feel like if you want to get into it for this story mm-hmm. again it's interesting but one negative point i want to have is kojima for a lot of things seems to be very up his own ass as far as <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get how high concept this is um, mm-hmm. And like some of that was actually in like the marketing and like him doing press stuff where he thought that people only wanted to play like Rudy Tootie shooty games and we couldn't understand yeah. anything else. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's as crazy as he says. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting, but again, not worth all the the hubbub in that regard. And then also like the gameplay itself, while I did enjoy a lot of it as far as checking stuff out and making things easier and going through the thing Mm -hmm. um it's not perfect by any means like it's not the most polished thing and if you look at any like youtube video that's like bashing it they have several examples of like this is buggy this is glitchy this is shit yeah i was watching jake play the other day and like a thing just didn't load he was going into like an underground bunker to like display something and he was just on steam so like we weren't chatting but i was just kind of spying on his game and he he just messaged me like is this supposed to be here? And I was like, <laughs> I think it should be here. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was a shelter is, texture. Yeah, like that should have been there. It should have been caught. I'm sure there are some differences on like a PC release versus mm-hmm. PS4. Maybe just got missed in testing, but like, I don't know. If you're gonna give it this much marketing and everything else, and suck its dick through all the press, and you mm-hmm. also had this reputation of being a very prolific game director like you gotta do better than that i think so it definitely it took away some points for me Mm -hmm. um when i didn't hit anything super crazy but i definitely did notice some issues or like this interaction seems to not be ideal i'm not crazy about it because like vehicle movement was one for me too like off terrain yeah it's definitely like buggy to the point of like the jump button just launches you They're like <laughs> just just let the vehicle like launch in this direction and like that stuff really shows like when your whole thing is like delivering packages and mm-hmm. if your packages fall and stuff they'll get damaged or if they fall in water you have to go get them mm-hmm. uh, so if you're spending the time doing that and it's already it can be a little bit convoluted or tedious as far as your challenges and then like the gameplay itself just fucks up and gives you more of those challenges. It becomes very yeah. frustrating and glaring in comparison. It's being shot through a wall in a shooter or something like that. Yes. That's never going to feel fair. Let's make sure that we're playing on the same rule set. Um, and that's the only way people can really buy in to the consequences. It's you like, actually, hey, these questions will be on the test. And the next week they're like, we've added 17 questions that we didn't <laughs> talk about in any of our lessons. But if you read read ahead in the chapters, you would have known this type of shit. It's like, what the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. It needs to be, the expectations need to match uh, what it's actually providing. Otherwise, that disparity will cause grief. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about, like, you you hit a word, which I think was much more core to what I was trying to describe. And I failed to describe to my own estimate. And the enemy in this game is tedium. And effort is to mitigate tedium. That was it. That was the that was the that's the synopsis. I just had to to state it. You use the word tedious, and I was like, "That's it." 
um, that's what you're fighting against. And people may not want to play a game where they are up against tedium. Um, but this is that game. <laughs> I still think it's worth is like I'm always gonna have mixed feelings on this game as a whole because mm-hmm. again, it's it is really cool. I definitely did enjoy exploring the game, getting to know like the world and the characters. Yeah, like the voice acting is for most people really mm-hmm. good, uh, and I like what's happening. But then like some of the dialogue feels off. Yeah. Of a character, yeah. like, why is that okay? It seems a little bit off. Um, but like the gameplay is like actually interesting for me, and like the music kicks on. I'm like, oh, we're having a vibe, but then I'll trip and like three packages will go in a river after I climbed up a mountain, and I'm like, I fucking hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's also if we're talking about things that I wasn't we're not completely sold on for me, um, I really don't think they should have brought in like Hollywood actors for this Hollywood in general there's like there's so many of them and their performances are great Mads Mikkelsen great performance um Sam Reedus that's not his name Norman (laughs) Reedus yes (laughs) great performance and his amazing fetus we had to say it once yeah or or magic both both there's there's so many memes about it um uh, but then I was like the shark for me and the subsequent jumping was when I was interacting with a shelter and a person showed up and she was like a cosplayer or something like that. And I was like, great, cool, whatever. And then like her boyfriend shows up and it's literally Conan O'Brien, like Conan O'Brien. And you're like, okay, well, I mean, maybe they're not playing into the cliche. Maybe No, he's telling jokes. He's literally telling jokes. And uh, Sam Porter Bridges is not responding to the jokes at all. And, and Conan O'Brien's in there like, oof, tough crowd thing. You know, like he's playing Conan O'Brien in Death Stranding, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so much Kojima to not care about that. But I do care about that, right? Like I'm still going for the verisimilitude. I'm interested in the stories that are being told with the fictional characters there. And then you're like, by the way, late night talk show <laughs> you're like wait a minute <laughs> uh but I, was, but I was paying attention i was starting to get in there i was starting to you know be part of it so i'm I will personally say, like, not a huge fan that feels like more of an easter egg i didn't encounter conan i know he's in the game because i did watch something like from his show uh, way mm-hmm. back when where they talked about him being in it um but as far as like mads mickelson one mm-hmm. love him great very mm-hmm. handsome guy very talented actor his character throughout like the whole game is a serious one. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it fits with what it was. Like, I don't think it's bad to have him there, even yeah, if he, he is like fine. a Hollywood actor or even Norman Reedus, like mm-hmm. the, the characters that they play fit for the game, you know? Right. I think it's because like Norman Reedus is playing Sam Porter Bridges and Mads Mikkelsen is playing. I think his nameplate showed up in the chapter I was on. Uh, combat veteran <laughs> is what he was introduced as, <laughs> which I don't think that's his in-game name, but maybe it is. Maybe first name combat, last name veteran. Who's to say? <laughs> um, but they're playing characters within the universe. And yeah. that's absolutely fine. That's what I want because these people are actors. And part of acting is not playing yourself unless you're literally Nicolas Cage 
in his upcoming movie where he plays Nicolas Cage. Like, and that's good for me because I don't know if I wanted to just like, I could look up an interview with someone talking about their life as an actor and that would be interesting, but I kind of want to see their chops. You know, I want to see them play these fictional characters and represent it within the context of that fictional universe. So that's where Kojima and I disagree a little bit. I will say that he's consistent with this, though, because I do recall there was that mission in MGS5 where you save Kojima. <laughs> like, and he asks you what took so long. <laughs> and so I know this isn't a new thing. I, I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, it if it's like an Easter egg type thing, like out of the way, I don't mind it as much. If it's infrequent, mm-hmm. remember near Automata's DLC? Uh, I don't know if I played it. Nobody did. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some footage of it, but you know those doors that you can't ever get behind. I think so. I think it's tied to that. Well, basically, you can fight like the CEO of the company that made near Automata, like Square Enix. Uh, maybe, but you're basically like fighting somebody in the company and it's, it's tongue in cheek and it's like funny and silly, obviously not a part of the game universe. Um, but I don't think it took away from it. Maybe it's a little more passable as DLC because you literally have to go out of your way for it. Right. I don't know. I looked it up. It is this, it is the CEO of Square Enix. Oh, there you go. (laughs) kind of surprised they allowed him to do that but that's cool i mean that's fine and i'm, I'm fine with easter eggs um and to be fair these are these are the types of games that are more comfortable breaking the fourth wall like sam bridges will like point at you so, so <laughs> there was so monster energy <laughs> <laughs> we made it we made it a long time without mentioning it sure. um and my gosh it is the most egregious product placement like ever um you're just like yeah yeah drink monster energy for a stamina boost uh, you mean like a can a serving size no three cans <laughs> three cans is the appropriate amount to max out your energy <laughs> and i don't know what they're trying to say with that but um i found that hilarious and at one point in the game i actually got an upgrade that changed the monster energy thing for another beverage and they kind of look like beer cans actually I think there's draft in the name, so I guess the implication is their beer, but they have the same effect. I don't know how that works out. I don't think beer and Monster Energy have the same effect. Yeah, they're both uppers, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But if you uh, you drink two of them, and there's like a, the animation for both, and if you drink the third one, rather than drinking it, he like shakes the can up first. I'm like, what are you doing? This is a carbonated thing. And then he like like pulls the t- the tab. And sprays the camera, you, the player, down with it. Uh, and then, like, just drinks the last couple sips <laughs> and throws the can away. <laughs> and, some for me, some for you. Uh-huh. And it was kind of funny. Um, particularly because I was already used to him sort of breaking the fourth wall in the room. Um, but that's that's Kojima's take. Like, that's just the way these games are. I mean, I appreciated that more than like the piss mechanic. Mm-hmm. Did you drink a bunch of Monster Energy to refill your stamina? Oh, yeah, your bladder's full. You gotta pee. 
You gotta <laughs> stand here and hold these triggers to whip out your dick and pee. I don't can't, know if I can't turn the camera to look at your dick though. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually peed outside of the uh, the private room. I did that like a little bit, and then I was like, "This is giving me so a resource I don't care the about." Private <laughs> resource is an interesting term. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can actually have piss weapons. Anyway, yes, that's um, the type. <laughs> Num- that's the number two uh, grenade. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. <laughs> if, if you do it in in the room, which is like a little respite area for you to like mm-hmm. manage some stuff, chill out, take a break from missions, you can do that like essentially as a cutscene where you go mm-hmm. into the shower. Um, vacate anything in your body but if you do it outside like it is a manual thing and you do have to just slowly pee mm-hmm. it's not like a quick rate of pee and I don't think you could upgrade your your pee your stream. yeah <laughs> it's a your throughput it, it's, it's pretty pretty weak throughput uh-huh. that's really funny yeah I, I, I've never gotten like a message that I had to but I also haven't like chugged monster He's got monster in a canteen, and if you like sit in water or if you're in contact with water, it refills, <laughs> so you can drink more monster. So like, the funny thing here is like taking a step back, like is monster, were they aware of how this was going to be used in gameplay? Because giving energy, I'm sure they were on, they were on board for that. But it's like, yeah, and then you refill your cantina with wa- your canteen with water, and it has the same effect as monster energy. <laughs> you know, like, well, maybe they wouldn't have been on board with that part, right? Like, <laughs> if you just take a monster can, you fill it up with water, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> Are you telling me I only ever need to buy one can of monster, and I've been wasting all this money? Yes, apparently. Oh my God. Yeah. Let me let me go into a hot spring with monkeys and refill my my energy, my life giving liquid. So good. They're so good. The alternative to sleep is to go into a hot spring, apparently. I don't know if that works in real life. Listeners can definitely let us know. I want to go in the jacuzzi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining like the eight hour time lapse, and it's like, uh, uh," (laughs) like this sound effect. (laughs) Wake up, you're all all pruny and rested. I've become a California raisin. <laughs> if you're listening to this 30 years in the future, just Google that. It's a, a really old uh, mm-hmm. product. Yeah. Or mascot for product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the game has a bunch of unique things like that, which I would call like Kojima-isms as far mm-hmm. as like some of the animations and stuff that Norman Reedus does or like the fucking baby and being involved at all. All yeah. that stuff and like the world and the plot, all cool enough, interesting enough. Um, it goes a little bit far again. This is what I'm talking about as far as you should care about the plot. It's so super deep and eh. no. my take is not not exactly. <laughs> it could probably be told in a better way, more succinct. I still enjoyed what I played of it. Um, mm. I don't think the gameplay is awful. I definitely feel like it can be polished. It's interesting enough. But at the same time, if you're like, I don't want to porter stuff, I get that. It's mm-hmm. not the most engaging gameplay. Um, but it's definitely interesting. There's not yeah, been it, a game like this. I know this has been like the first strand type strand game. Strand type game, yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody else is really going to 
going in this style. And if they do, I'd be curious to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's worth checking out maybe on a sale. Oh, yeah. Definitely get it on a sale. Um, it's also like primarily a single player game. So pick those up on sale anyways, unless you like if you're the type of person who already was rushing to buy Death Stranding, you've already beaten Death Stranding. <laughs> this is years past it. If you've waited this long, wait for a sale. Um, yeah. But I, I share I share your overall sentiments. I think like uh, it's been enjoyable so far. I've played it more than I needed to to talk about this. Um, and I was approaching the point where I probably could have beaten the game if I actually like did rush through. But like I got distracted on the management task. I got distracted building the bridges. I log in and i'm like heck yeah when the light count goes up um so i guess they won me over a little bit in that respect um (laughs) you mentioned uh kojima's take on seriousness i think i'm in a similar boat he said that we would all feel shameful when (laughs) like for judging us based off of how quiet was portrayed in mgs5 (laughs) i don't particularly feel shameful it was you know just a kojima character right so hey uh, i'm gonna have this really attractive female character but i'm gonna give her some like debilitating flaw mm-hmm. or like alter her in a way like oh uh, she don't have a normal body something's broke or oh she can't speak she's quiet uh-huh. and the whole justification for the shower scene is uh not misogynistic in any way again i would like to be known as a uh, I like tits as much as the next person. Boobs are a great thing. But I feel like you should not design your female characters around like they have boobs. We got to show them the boobs. Otherwise, how will they know they're a female? Uh huh. Right. I don't know. Make them an interesting fucking character and just be like, oh, <laughs> P.S. has a vagina. Like there are plenty right. of characters that are just are female and then are well written. Yeah. And to be fair, some of those characters seem to exist in death training so far i haven't had anyone nearly as egregious as quiet for like hey fan service (laughs) so So, very brief aside have you encountered the character mama yes Mm -hmm. uh not like in person but the okay tell not telegram you'll get to learn more about her but i think as weird as a character she is i think she's interesting Mm mm-hmm I think that's literally my next objective is like, go visit mama. Um, Mama. (laughs) Yeah. The characters have incredibly weird names. Um, We already mentioned some of them and I know we're basically at time, uh, but it all fits into like how weird the story is. It's just, it's really funny to see like, here's a person who's being very serious and then it zooms in and it's like die hard man portrayed by actor actor's name, you know, like whoever. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a name. <laughs> yeah, it's at a point you're like, I'm just along for the ride. Want to see where it goes? Yes. Or you're like, this is not for me, and I don't care where it goes. <laughs> Very much. If, if you're playing a Kojima game, we're all along for the ride, and um, that's that's at the very least true. I don't think that he, um sacrifice any part of his vision for this game or if he did i'm really curious what that part was (laughs) because uh it's it's off the walls crazy but the gameplay is still good just like mgs5 um really enjoyable like the management stuff like the building 
um, and props to making something different. I don't think anyone could argue that this is another AAA title in an existing genre without innovation. It's a right angle to the void, essentially. We have no idea where all this came from. Probably LSD. I mean, just wait till Elder Ring 2 comes out. Oh, my gosh. So Kojima, Kojima involved in that one? Because <laughs> if, if you combined, uh, combined Miyazaki and Kojima, I don't know what would happen. It's going to be some very weird fetishes are going to become prominent uh, <laughs> online. I'll say that much. <laughs> Every single enemy is a point of some type. You're just like, uh-oh. How does it Uh-oh. how does it damage me? Oh it oh it steps on me. Oh okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> Anyways, if you have shoes <laughs> that need to fit. <laughs> Dave shake it. No, it's not that. I, I don't like where this is going. Just <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh words of wisdom for the, the walkers of the path out there on this um nice evening, day, morning, whenever you're listening, listener? Real talk, I don't get any setup for these. I don't get any like heads up like, hey, it'd be nope. cool if we had like a segment at the end where we had like some advice. And then Jake's like, hey, you have the 10 seconds while I'm doing the <laughs> sentence to figure that shit out. Uh-huh. I did talk a little bit though about just like a pension. I know, I know you did, but I was, I was just, I was fuming at the point of like, I got to think of something. Fuck, fuck, uh-huh. fuck. I don't even know if I prompt every time or not. No, That's not usually. Good. Yeah. So I will Jackie say... I don't know. Actually, I actually don't have anything. Um. That's cool. All right. Well, if you guys have any words of wisdom for us, uh, we need them. We need them. We're playing games like Death Stranding. Like, th- throw us a bone. Help us out. Send them in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you join the discussion on Facebook. Uh, make sure to like haha, the post um, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. 